All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. everybody welcome to another episode of dropping the gloves thank you for joining us august is here tim i'm excited was august here on tuesday i think it was it was it was it's my favorite month i think i said that before i really enjoy it thank you for joining us i appreciate the support tim how are you i'm good i'm good october is my favorite month and i feel like that's a cliche now people are like oh i like the fall weather and halloween listen i was born in october it's been my favorite month my whole life before it was cool, before it was hip to love October. Just saying. What's October like on the East Coast? Is it warmer? Do you get the ocean effect or just because October here in Michigan mostly stinks? Like you get your first snow. It's really just junky. I don't like October at all. October's beautiful in New England. Just fall okay. weathers. The diff it's very similar to Michigan. The the difference is like this the snow that you guys get. Um longer parts of the year and more often. But we get a lot of snow in Boston, too, but it's just a shorter winter. It's also there's more racist, I think, in Massachusetts on a whole. Isn't that true? Per capita, maybe. I don't know. I think so. I think it's very racist. Tim? People have said that. Adam Jones said that. Who's Adam Jones? Oh, That's the center fielder for the Baltimore Orioles. That's yeah. true. He said That's it, true. and then like a bunch of other people came forward. It's not funny. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, Boston's terrible. I agree. All right, moving on. We had a, we had a lot of we had a, a lot of positive feedback. Let's go from a negative to a positive. A lot of positive feedback for the Thunderbox. Lots of people reaching out saying they loved they loved the idea. I'm going to try to get a picture for you. I want to get the you know a 3D panoramic. I'll do the whole thing. I'm going to go up there hopefully again this year and help my father-in-law maybe just put the finishing touches on it. You know what I mean? Hanging windows, doing the finishing touches and I and I'll really maybe I'll get one in action. Like an action job, where I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to figure that out. What's so live funny? stream from inside the Thunderbox? No, there's no inside the Thunderbox. It's out. It's out there. I did <laughs> think he should plant some trees so you can't see it from the road because once the trees start to thin a little bit in your October, you you can see the road, and like there, you, you're going to be there. You're going to be doing your business. All right, moving on. You know who's happy this morning, Tim? Besides you. I am actually in a good mood, surprisingly, and we'll get to that in a second, because I should be in a terrible mood. Troy Terry is in a great mood. Avoids arbitration. He came in with a huge number. Everybody thought was astronomical. Eight years, Troy. 
You crazy, crazy son of a gun. Anaheim came in at 4.8. Reasonable for a player of his ilk. 8 million, Troy? Well, they didn't even get to the arbitration hearing. They settled out of court. He gets a seven-year, $7,049,000,000 contract from the Anaheim not-so-mighty ducks. Can you just wrap your head around this in the first place? Let's just let's just take a step back. Us plebs, us normal people, $49 million, Tim. Isn't that incredible for a kid who's 25 years old, drafted in the fifth round, 148th overall? He just signed a $49 million contract. This kid played for University of Denver, wasn't even the best team on his in in university. And now he's oh, making seven schmill a year. It, what would you do, Tim, today if someone said, I'm going to give you $7 million a year for seven years? What would the first thing you buy be? And be honest. A house, property, start investing, and then start traveling. You're such a geek. Property and start investing. There's there's not one thing that you would want that you would splurge. Because I know what I bought when I signed my first ticket. My ticket wasn't seven schmil. It was a lot less. But I was like, I wanted this. It's it's a status symbol for me. And I went out and got it. It was a tag hewer watch. I've always wanted a nice watch. Ever since a kid, I always used to buy like the... I had a big Oakley watch. It was huge. It was like I had a a clock on my wrist. It was junk, but I'm like, I want a nice watch. So mine was a tag hewer watch. It cost me three, 4,000. That was a big pill to swallow. What would you get Tim? And don't be a geek and a nerd about this. (laughs) I was going to say, I have everything I need, John. There's not one thing. Oh my gosh. This show is just going down the drain. Let's go. Okay. But use a house. All right. $7 million. You say that because you've had houses for 15 years. It's no big deal. I would love to have a house. That's not exciting, though. You don't want like a sports car. You don't want like leather pants. You don't want something that's just extravagant and frivolous and unnecessary. A house is is a safe bet. You know what I mean? You're not going to lose your shirt on it after you buy it. You don't want something that you, whatever. You're no fun. You're, you're, You're the Debbie Downer. Of this not the Debbie Downer. I'm just I'm just being myself, John. Mr. Realistic. Nobody wants you to be yourself. Be fu- <laughs> I tell my <laughs> wife this all the time. Can you be more fun? Can can you be more fun, please? I'm and sure that's well received. It. She hates it. I'm like, just be fun. Be like me. <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> she hates it. All right. Moving on to the contract tip. Seven years, seven million dollars. First of all, is this a fair deal for player and team? It's a lot of money. I When we talked about it the other day, I said he's probably a $6 million player, and you thought that was high. Mm-hmm. You thought I was wrong. And you like that closer to the four and a half, five, five and a half, whatever. Seven by seven is a lot of money. I saw a thing on like, you know, he's been a good player for the last two seasons. Better two years ago than he was this past year. But it's like, okay, a little bit of a down year this year, but he still does X, Y, Z. Great. He's good. Okay. Not really. He didn't have a down year this year. He had a great year two years ago, and then he came back down to earth. Like he's had one season where he had more than 23 goals, 37 goals. He lit the world on fire. It came back down to about the same amount of points year over year, 67 and then 61. So if he's a 30 goal, 65 point player, 
for the next few years, is that going to be worth $7 million to them? I doubt it. I don't know. It depends on where the cap goes. That's the thing, because right now it's 83.5. If it jumps up to 90, 92, 93 by the end of this by the end of the seven years, then it'll be a, a decent contract because there's more money in the system. But I think for the first few seasons, it's a bad contract. It's not looking good. And I think the immediate comparison is Matt, Matt Boldy. Same situation, same length, same term, seven years, $7 million. Matt Boldy, I think, was more unproven than Troy Terry in a lot of ways. Matt Boldy was just coming off his second full year in the NHL, and they gave him this big ticket deal. I, I think it's the way of business, Tim. I don't know what to think of it. Yes, it looks bad. It looks like a lot of money. This guy's been in the league for a few years. He's a little bit older than Matt Boldy. He's 25. It's an investment. Anaheim must see something. They're very tight with their money. Pat Verbeek doesn't go out and just spend frivolously. He's very conservative with his spending. He trades guys in their prime if he doesn't think they're worth the money. So he must like Troy Terry. He likes what he brings to the table. It's a lot for a right winger. It's a lot. Yeah. He, like you mentioned, he scored 37. Eh, I don't know. It, only time will tell. I think much like all these other bridge, these prove it deals, so to speak, where you give it to him early. The first few years, it'll, it'll, it'll sting. But once he maybe hits his stride, but that's the thing. They give these deals to 22-year-old kids, 21-year-old kids. Troy Terry's 25, 26. He should be in his prime right now. So if his prime is 61 points, that's not. That's not a $7 million player. That's a four, $5 million player. But may, I don't know. Only time will tell. They had to get this done. They had to keep him. So uh, at the end of the day, when I grade, when I grade the deals, I'll give it a B minus. I don't like it for the team. I think they could have maybe played Harbaugh a little bit more. Maybe got him down to the five and a half, six, sevens a lot. Seven's a, definitely a lot of money for a Troy Terry who, and then you have to look at it this way. And this is, I'm, I'm a big picture guy. And I know people are sick of me saying this. Is this the guy who's going to win you a Stanley cup? When you look at your rosters and you go, okay, who's my first line? I got Troy Terry on the right side. Is that striking fear in the opposition? Are they looking at my roster and go, Ooh, Ooh, Troy Terry. Trevor Zegras, ooh, that, that's a formidable first line. I don't think so. I don't think so. And I know you're you're kind of, you got to play the card you're dealt. If you're Pat Verbeek, you can't just manifest these players from out of nowhere. Not everybody can have a Kucherov. Not everybody can have a Marner. Not everybody can have these high-end players. But is this the guy you're going to win a cup with, Tim? Do you think this is, this is a good enough first line? Because that's it. They've invested. Zegras and Terry, that's their first line. For the foreseeable future. And he, he, you could throw Kalorn on that first line. Do you think that is a legit first line for them to win a Stanley Cup? No, but they're not trying to win a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years. It's not a realistic goal for them. It all depends on the, that next generation of players coming up. Like Zegers is only 22. Mason McTavish is 20 years old. Leo Carlson, who they just drafted the lottery pick, 18 years old. Like Isaac Lundstrom, future friend of the show. Like those guys coming up together is going to be the what drives them to a Stanley Cup or not. It's not going to be Troy Terry's contract, I don't think. I know it's Lundstrom, a lot of money, but... Lundstrom won't be on the show, and it's because of his agent. The whole thing he did with Victor Hedman. I didn't really care for that. Okay. How's that metaverse going, by the way? Remember Victor Hedman came on the show, and he's like, oh, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. It was the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, the you metaverse know? is relevant now. No one's talking yeah. about it anymore. What a waste of time, metaverse. Yeah, I'm going to go put goggles on. 
and pretend <laughs> I'm somebody else in my room. It's like, come on. But it they was do funny have a lot of money. No, go ahead. That you couldn't understand the concept of a sandbox. That was pretty it's good. so dumb. We're talking about hockey and we're gonna go play in the sandbox. It's a it's a universal like tech term for like, you know, test environment. It's not it's not they didn't make it up. It's so dumb. Let's we're gonna everyone's gonna get in the sandbox and then we're gonna like hang out. Why? What 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 are you gonna do? I don't understand. Maybe I'm too old. I don't know. But that doesn't even just go play video games. You know what I mean? That seems like more fun. You interact with people. You can play hockey online. You can play football. You can play war games. You can play army games. You can play all these games and you can talk to people. What are you doing in the sandbox and metaverse? You just go and stare at people, uh, an imaginated imagination made up figment of what they want to be like this. Be- they had to take the legs off the metaverse because people were sexually abusing the other dolls in the metaverse. It's like, okay, that's happening. No more legs. It's it's wild. Man has fallen, Tim. <laughs> Tell you what. All right. Moving on. I don't know how we get so far off. What do you grade the signing? Seven for seven. Anaheim Ducks. Um, I like I hate to agree with you. I think it I could be be Why do you hate to agree with me? Because it sounds like I don't know, it's boring radio if we disagree with each other, but it's not the radio. Yeah, boring podcast. What I'm usually right. People, it's okay to agree with me. All right, moving on. Boston Bruins, Jeremy Swayman came to an agreement. One year, 3.475. Pretty close to Samsonov's numbers. Samsonov got 3.55. Obviously, the arbitrator thinks Swayman is not as good as Elias Samsonov. I agree. Friend of the show, I'm sorry. What do you think, Tim? The Bruins are now over the cap. They gave Trent Frederick 2.5. Jeremy Swayman, 3.475. They only had 5.43 to spend. I'm not very good at math, but that's too much. What do they do now? They got to shuffle the deck. I don't want to spend too much time on the Bruins because they're going to stink this year. What do they do to get cap compliant, Tim? Who's who's the odd man out? Uh, this man named Ian Mitchell. He's their eighth defenseman. He is 24 years old, one-year deal. He'll be sent down to Providence to be cap compliant, and that puts him just about um, – 13 forwards, seven defensemen, two goalies with 400K in cap room left. So you're they're right up against it, but that's what they'll do. So they'll be, they'll be okay to start the season anyway. Do you have inside information on this? Is that confirmed? No, just from what I read. He's, I mean, he's the, he's the guy. Him or Zaboro, but Zaboro will get more, more. He's had more experience. I think they just traded for Ian Mitchell. They're going to want to give him a chance. He's a reasonable cap. Like you said, he's still an RFA. They're going to want to keep him in the system. I think they get rid of Grizzlick or Forbert. I think you start hitting the wires now the phone calls you start calling gms hey you want a defenseman i got two i got a tough penalty killing guy who can maybe play 12 to 15 minutes a night in Derek forbert and i got a good good young short puck moving defenseman in matt grizzly throw him on the second power play unit decent in his defensive zone and you can have him for one year not a big investment that's what i would do i trade one of those two guys then that gives you a little more leeway. If you need to add a centerman, you got some money in the bank. You can have a team maybe hold some cap back. Mark Shifley, per se, maybe Hampus Lindholm in Calgary. You can go out and get somebody who's going to impact your team. Because you're going to have to do something at the deadline if you, if you want to be competitive. Which I think Pasternak and Marshawn want. They don't want to be in a rebuild mode. But they are. All right. I finished a very good book last night. I was very excited. I've been reading this book for the last two weeks and I can't put it down. And I finally finished it. I was, the buildup was there. 
the payoff. How is this going to end? Everything was coming to this climactic moment. And then the book just ended. The two main characters walked into a city. I expected them to go scorched earth. Something was going to you know, happen. That was going to be epic. And nothing happened. Nothing at all. And I, and I get on my phone, I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Why, why is there no finish to this? It's a three-part series. And I had no idea. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to read two more books now. Tim, I got to read two more books. I'm so invested in it. I immediately bought the next book on Amazon Prime. It'll be here in five days, six days. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. What book is this? It was Father Elijah. So now I had to buy the next one, Elijah in Jerusalem. So it's, it's about, nobody cares what it's about, but it's a very good book. And I just, I was so excited for the end of it. I'm like, it's going to be great. The payoff's going to be there. He's going to like, just everything's going to go great or everything's going to go bad and everybody's going to get killed. I didn't care. I just wanted some, you know, closing to the book. It was 600 pages. Like how, how long was your book, Tim? Like 300 something. That's almost double. And then just, just, it left me, it left me feeling wanting more. I was disappointed. Did I have buyer's remorse? Maybe. And it just got me thinking. Which NHL teams right now are sitting back? The season's about to start. And they're just looking at their roster. And they're looking at their cap. And they're going, you know what? Maybe that was a bad choice. Milk was a bad choice. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe we we overspent a little bit. And it got me thinking. Which GMs are those, Tim? Which contracts are those? So I started to do some research and I like to put myself in people's situations. And I got a list of players that I think fooled their teams and signed a little bit of a bigger contract than maybe they deserved. And Tim, I I looped him on this because he's obviously not going to come up with any ideas and I have to, you know, steer the show in the direction that I want it to go. And I said, Tim, this is what we're doing today. And he said, that's a great idea, John. I'm game. And so we have a couple players each who we think the team will have buyer's remorse in a few years. Would you like to start, Tim, or would you like me to start? I can start. um, And I'll add a little bit of a caveat here. It was hard to do because I don't think a lot of like egregious over-the-top contracts were handed out this season. I feel like a lot of GMs are being conservative. There's still some good players available. I don't think anyone really blew the bank on this, you know, the, the... uh irresponsible contracts so it was a little bit of a challenge you nailed it yeah (laughs) stuck the landing um (laughs) and that said too like the players i'm going to name are not bad players doesn't mean they're not going to possibly live up to their contract but i feel like it's probably a little bit much and they they could age poorly and and it's it's hard to say because most of the time you don't think it's going to and then it does so the first one i'll say a little bit of a hard one pierre luc dubois 8.5 million for eight years a lot of money for a guy who's got a lot of the, the right attributes in terms of the size, the the physicality, the the two-way play. He can take face-offs. He's a 60-point player. He's been a 60-point player for a few years now. There's a little bit of a question of his attitude. I, I don't read too much into that, and we talked about that. You know, he's been on some bad teams. He doesn't want to play for bad teams. He wants to be competitive. And so your quest to trade, that is what it is. He's still pretty young. It's a lot of money to commit to a guy that you have you seen his best hockey yet? Maybe not. He's still pretty young, but at the same time, $68 million to a guy who's a 60 point player could age poorly, could age poorly. He could easily not live up to that contract. And maybe not to say he's a bad player, but he could be worth half of that three seasons from now. So 
long term, a lot of money for a guy that I feel like is not who I'd hitch my my cart to. I agree. And I I looked at this and I think what makes this even worse for the LA Kings is I truly believe this year and years coming that Gabriel Velarde is the best player in this trade. He is very similar to Pierre-Luc Dubois. He makes less money. I think he has a higher ceiling than Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I think, like you mentioned, I think his engine is is a little bit better than Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think Dubois gives up. I think he's got a bad attitude. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's going to do great in LA. I think he's going to do great things. But at the end of the day, boy, the Kings are going to look back and go, we gave up Velarde, Ayafalo, who's a pretty good goal scorer, Kupari, who's not bad. And then we linked this guy up for eight years. For eight eight Schmill, oof, we really lost that trade. Was the contract details wrong, Tim? That I got there. It was eight by eight and a half. Eight and a half. Excuse me. Even worse. So yeah, that one is. It might even look bad next year when you look at the stats. And Velarde's got more than Pierre-Luc Dubois, and it'll happen. It's it could very easily happen. All right, my first one. I went for a guys who didn't sign the big ticket because I think if you sign a big ticket, you're pretty good. You know you're going to, you're going to pan out. They're going to give you a lot of chances. JT Comfort won a Stanley cup. Very good player for the Colorado avalanche. You know, he he did a lot in that playoff run two years ago. People were impressed. They had a great third line, great fourth line. It, it was nice. He signed a huge deal this off season, Tim with the Detroit Red Wings. Do you even, do you even see this? It was kind of hidden five years $25.5 million, $5.1 million a year for JT Comfer. What do you think when you think of JT Comfer? Top of your head. Middle six forward, play in all situations. I'm going to guess like 40 points a year, you know. He's been around six years. Six years. Averages 30 points. Huh. 30 points a year. Some years he gets 25, 26. Last year he had a career year and i think that bumps up his numbers a little bit he had 52 points last year his career year he's going to get you 10 to 15 goals that's good he's going to get you 20 assists maybe but he's going to be in the 25 to 35 point range that's a good season for him like that is that is a good season and this isn't a small sample size this guy's been in the show for seven years so we know what we're getting from a jt comper and stevie eisman thought it was wise to sign him for five years at $5.1 million. It is incredible. He's 28 years old. He is on the back nine of his career. By the time he gets to the last two years of this contract, not bueno for the Detroit Red Wings. I don't understand it. I don't like this deal. I think Stevie Eiserman is a good GM. I think he's made a lot of mistakes with the money he's given out lately. So, this one, I saw this and I just shook my head. I'm like, how? And don't get me wrong, JT Comfort is a good player. You should be making three and a half. That that's where he should live. Five point one for five years. And the reason he gets this money, and my agent told me this when I was playing, when it come to when it came to July first, and we're trying to pick teams. Where do you want to go? This is why I never went to Edmonton. They they tried to sign me every free agency period. They were always garbage. This was back in the years when they were getting the first overall pick every single year. They wanted me. My agent said, you go there, it'll end your career. Other teams want winners. You need to go to a situation that you're going to be successful. You're going to have decent numbers. And for me, that's plus one, three assists. But you're not on a bad team where you're dash 10. You know what I mean? 
You need to go somewhere where you're winning because other GMs, they want a piece of that. That's why JC, JT Comfort and my next player, their contracts are big. That's why Barclay Goudreau got a huge deal. That's why Yanni Gord got a huge deal. That's cool. That's why all these guys, Blake Coleman, they get these massive deals because they hitched their card to a good team. That team wins a Stanley Cup or gets really darn close to a Stanley Cup. And other GMs see that and they go, oh, we need that guy. He's good. You see that? He was on a team that almost won the Stanley Cup or did win the Stanley Cup. That's valuable. That's why JT Comfort gets an extra $1.5 or $2 million contract, $2 million on his contract. That's that's the reason. So it's a good deal for him. I think it's it's a big overpay, especially the five-year term is wild. He's 28 years old. That's mine, Tim. All right. Who, who do you got? Who do you got next? I did a couple more. One was Troy Terry, so I'm not going to talk about that one again, but that could, one is could age poorly. The next one I'll do it, probably it fits in with the one that, what you just talked about the cup winner and that what the short term memory Ivan Barbashev. Now he was fantastic in the playoffs, eighteen points, twenty two games, very very important, huge part of that cup run. But that's what we remember, and they gave him a five year contract at five million per. He's a guy that has mostly been like a forty five point guy um in the regular season he topped that once two seasons ago he had 60 points but he's been like a 20 to 30 to 40 point guy for most of his career and there's also like everything goes right for you in in the span of six eight weeks in a playoff run and you're expiring free agent and you want to cash in on that and it hardly ever goes well the next couple of seasons he could still be a good player it makes me think of a different player but Lucic you know six years by six that aged pretty poorly over the second half of that contract, really after the first year or two. And this could go similarly. So Ivan Barbashev, I hope not. I think he's a good player, but it's one that a lot of question marks, it could age poorly. Yeah, 18 points in the playoff run last year. Arguably the best player. And what did I say before the before the playoffs? Who's going to be the most impactful player? <sighs> you said he would be the best pickup at the deadline. Oh, okay. And he was, I think, right? Sure was. Yeah, gosh. I don't always like to be right but it feels good it feels good yeah that's a good one it's even staggering that he makes less than jt comfort it's wild because if, if you put those two players next to each other barbershop you can throw on the first line and, and feel good about it you know what i mean a solid left winger responsible he's, defensively somewhat he's got a 26 goal season under his belt you know he's yeah. he can be that guy but willie is the question does it give you any hesitation that he's from Russia? Do you think it's a ticking time bomb? I wasn't going to say anything, but no, no. What do you think those Russians, do they talk to each other and they go, Oh no, Valerie, what are you doing, man? No, not another one. Why do you think they, because they're close. You think OV like has a group text for all the Russians. I was just thinking that. Yeah. There's no way Malkin's part of it though. I'm too busy. Yeah, he's too good for this. Speaking of Russians, here's my next bad contract. This one might surprise you, Tim, because this player is very good. Elite, like elite, elite, elite. Ilya Sororka, one of, if not the best goalie in the league, he's he's fantastic. Those Russians are good goalies. My goodness. Shosturkin, Vasilevsky, Sororkin. What's in the water over there? I have a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a pretty good idea. But Ilya Sororkin signs an eight-year... $66 million contract with the New York Islanders. I have no problem with this deal. If it's a three-year deal, it's very high, but he's a very good goaltender. 
You know, you, you got to pay for the studs. And this guy's a stud. He is, like I said, top three in the league. He's been in the league three years. He spent his first few years pro in the KHL. He was with CSKA Moscow, and he was incredible. He was getting save percentage 940, goals against 1.15. He was incredible. Winning KHL championships year after year after year. He's a stud wherever he plays. That translated to NHL success. He's good. My only issue with his contracts and uh, with this contract, and I say this because this is buyer's remorse. When you buy a car, you want that car to run for 10 years, 15 years. You want to get 200,000 miles out of it, Tim. You want some longevity. You don't just want to get a car and then two years in, it's like, damn, it's breaking down already. Got to fix the tranny, the brakes. Are, well, the brakes go every 60,000 miles. But all these things are happening. And you got to put some money into it. It's starting to, you know, it's not running as smoothly as it did when I first bought it. I think this is what's going to happen with the New York Islanders. Ilya Sorokin's good now, but he turns 28 years old tomorrow. And have you seen him on the ice? He's not like a positionally sound goaltender. He is stretching and reaching and putting his body in all kinds of pretzels that I don't know how he can do it. You think he's going to want to do that when he's 35, 34, been through the wars? Hopefully they have a couple long playoff runs. I don't think so. I've seen this story before. Another Russian, Bobrovsky. He's terrible a couple years ago. He finally got a little bit of a rest in Florida. Now he's back to being somewhat respectable. But he was garbage, Tim, for two, three years. $10 million contract. What do we do with the guy? Can't trade him. Can't waive him. Just bury him on our roster. This is what will happen with Elias Sororkin in my eyes. Eight years, 8.250 for eight years. Oh, 66 million. There you go. That's mine. Not good, Lou Lamorello. And what is Lou Lamorello doing in the in the NHL altogether? How was this guy not fired? With the mismanagement that he's done with the New York Islanders for the last four or five years, it's incredible that he still has a job. Talk about Alex Galchenyuk, another Russian, coasting on like a couple good years. Guglielmo Morello has been coasting on the New Jersey Devil Stanley Cup from 25 years ago for so long. He buried the Toronto Maple Leafs for years with bad contracts and mismanaged prospects and not playing the young guys and just leaning on the older guys. And we need character. We need character. You character yourself right out of a Stanley Cup contention, and he's doing the same with the New York Islanders now. Oh, Matt Barzal, we're not going to play him. We want him to be responsible. The guy's a burner. Let him go. Oh, we got we got to get some vets in here. They're going to be great. You guys are doing it all wrong. So in this offseason, what do they do? They just re-up everybody. Everybody. And then they go and sign Bo Horvat, who's 28. A big moose of a man, don't get me wrong, but they sign him to an Eight-year, $8.5 million contract. Like, oh, my gosh, guys. It's wild. It's crazy that he still has a job, too. Would you take Horvat or Dubois? Mm. Identical contracts. Dubois. Me, too. Yeah. And yeah. it's no slighting Bo Horvat. Don't get me wrong. Like, like we said, he's a moose of a man. But how is that going to age? He plays a hard-nosed game. I mean, he doesn't put up huge points, too. His season high is 61. Like, he averages... 50, Bo Horvat, going to get you 20, 25 goals. I'm taking Dubois. All right. Elias Sorokin, moving on, Tim. Who, you got one more? Because I got one more. No, I covered all mine. All right, Ross Colton. We'll just touch on this one real quick. Four years, $4 million. I think he was signed to replace JT Comfer in Colorado, 
who outpriced himself at 5.1. Wild. Same situation. Wins the Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's got that winner's shine on him. People like that. Very unproven. He had 32 points last year. If you're going to pay your third-line center $4 million, eh, I don't like it. I think you invest that money elsewhere. Defenseman, first or second-line center. He's a good player. But four years at $4 million, hopefully he gets a chance to take that next step. I don't know if he can. But he's and I hate dumping on good players. And I always used to give people fist bumps. Billy Leno, arguably the worst contract in NHL history. We used to laugh every two weeks when contract, when uh, check time would come. He's like, I'm robbing the bank. Because he he wouldn't even play hockey, Tim. He like he he would just say, I'm not gonna play. I'm done. And he I'm like, Are you hurt? Ah, I don't know. I just don't feel good. And he was banking tons. Same with Christian Airhoff. Work, Christian worked his tail off, but a terrible contract. You know, he had that, he had a couple good years with the Avalanche he signed, or not the Avalanche, the Canucks signed to a huge ticket in Buffalo. It never lived up to it. But just, yeah. We'll see. It's good for the players. More money in the system, more money, more problems, though. All right. What else, Tim? Ross Colton reminds me of uh, Barkley Goudreau. And I think he signed for about, he signed for four years, too, or four million right after he won the cup. <laughs> Goody, that's another bad contract. Boy, oh yeah. boy. I wish I had a bad contract. That's a play, like Revo. And I told him, I'm like, you got a bad contract. How are you? And he's like, I don't know, man. They keep offering. I'm not going to turn it down. Barkley was 3.6, not okay. quite four. All right. Anything else, Tim? Yeah, you had a tweet uh, last night that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, this is from, I don't even know who it's from. Uh, John, why is nobody sending an offer sheet for Bouchard for the Oilers? Oilers would be crippled if they lost Bouchard or had to match. A team like Chicago can offer $8 million and give up the, the draft picks they need while depleting the Oilers. West teams need to beat the Oilers to go deep, so why not go for this? Bouchard is an RFA, still not signed. Um, they have about $4.5 million in cap room, the Oilers do. Mm-hmm. Will he sign for that? Why don't teams make an offer sheet? Well, I think the reason is teams don't have money. You mentioned the Chicago Blackhawks. They might be the only one who has that kind of money available to sign an Evan Bouchard. So I think that's the, that's the reason. The money is not in the system. Tim, you mentioned it earlier. We saw it with free agency. Teams were hesitant to spend money. So the Hawks are a landing spot. Do they want to invest $8 million in an Evan Bouchard when they already have a, a decent defense? They got a lot of money invested in there with Seth Jones. They brought in Jake McCabe. They have some, oh, sorry, not Jake McCabe, um, Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Murphy. They have some guys in the back end who make some money. Do they want to put another $8 million back there? And they're not going to win for a few more years. Like, uh, it, it makes sense. But I think the main reason is AGMs don't like to do that. It's slimy. They don't want to make a bad reputation. You get that reputation. Other GMs won't trade with you. It's an old boys club. It's an unwritten rule, whatever you say, but it's there. And then there's just no money in the system. And so, and is Evan Bouchard worth it? Is he worth a first first rounder? Because that's what it'll be. It's based on the contract to give him. It'll be a first and a second or two first. Like it'll be a, a high price to pay to get him because he's going to want $8 million. And I don't know what the, how it works out, but it, it's at least a first. And right now, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks, you potentially have a lottery pick. Would you give up a lottery pick to get Evan Bouchard? Tim? Um, no, probably yeah, not. That, that's an easy no. Like, he's a good defenseman. Don't get me wrong. He, you can mark him down for 40, 50 points. Like, he's good. Lottery pick. You got a potential to get Connor Bedard. So, good question, though. I don't know. If I was a GM, I would entertain that every single offseason. Who, who can I get put in a bad spot? I would look at every team situations, like he said, especially in the Western Conference. If I was a Western Conference GM, 
How, how can I make it hard on this team? And I would make enemies. But nobody wants to do that because they're always thinking about their next job. Once I get fired, is this president going to hire me because I, I put him in a tough situation two years ago? I don't think so. Anything else, Tim? You want to do a voicemail? You want to save it for next time? It's up to you. You're the one who's got to go. I don't hmm. care. All right. I'll, let's do one. We got a couple good ones here that I've got in the queue that um, if you left one, we'll get to them all. This is one from John in Dallas. I'll let it speak for itself. Hi, this is John in Dallas. I was just listening to your podcast about building your team, and I was wondering if, depending on what conference you're in, if you would change up on how you would build your team due to, like, travel schedule and things like that. So curious on what you guys think. No, I don't think so. Would you? I, I think I think you build your team however you want to build it. If you start trying to pander to the conference, I think that's when you get in trouble. The only thing I would say is you have to react accordingly. So if someone goes out and gets toughness, then you have to add toughness to kind of match that. Like you see in the East this offseason. You get Reeves, you get McEwen, you get Lucic. It's like, I'm not going to have my team getting abused when I could just add somebody for a reasonable amount. So... You don't you think your that. strategy, it, like if you were the GM of an expansion team in the Atlantic versus the Pacific, it wouldn't be different strategies? No, I don't think so. I think you build your team accordingly. No. I. You think the East is more swift skating and the West is more bigger, tough? I mean, that's the generalities. I don't know. I have to dig more into it, but I thought it might be enough a travel schedule. I don't think that stuff would have an impact. But yeah, I thought maybe the teams that you're playing for half the season would impact how you might want to build that team. But again, it could also change year over year too. And all of a sudden you're stuck with contracts and the teams around you have changed. So I guess yep. it makes sense to go for the best players. I think you have to be, you don't want to be reacting to other people. You want to be proactive and build your team how you want to build it and have other teams react to you. Like you want to be the one setting the trends. That's the way I see it. If you're reacting, you've already lost. Right, Tim? Belichick said that. Napoleon said that. There's a lot of people that have talked about that. I want the enemy reacting to me, not the other way around. You always bring up like <laughs> wars and stuff. You have an issue. Uh, and was uh, Napoleon a good guy or a bad guy? Why would we want to listen to him? Complicated. He's one of, probably the best tactician of all time. Because he was short? He wasn't even that short. That's what like was he? Misconception. He was like 5'3", but that was pretty close to the average at the time. People were short back 200 years ago. 5'3"? Look it up. If he's 5'3", and you said he wasn't short. 5'6". Six, 5'6". Six. Tim, that's tiny. That's the little, that's little guy. It wasn't, it wasn't tiny in 1814. I always wish that I could go back to like the times like in Robin Hood, whatever era that was. Like where if you were a mountain of a man, you were like, you're the king. You are now the king. Everybody looks up to you. You're the best. Like it was all just completely superficial. It didn't have anything to do with how smart you are. It had no nothing to do with if you're a good person or not. Just like, oh, you're big, you're strong. <sighs> Following you, let's go. You're gonna you're gonna protect me. Give me some food. I think you'd have to go back to like caveman times for that. But okay, I'd love that. You would. You do. Well. <laughs> I don't want to insult you, so I won't. You'd be dead uh, so fast, though. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> there's always those scenarios it's like all right who are we going to eat first who are we going to kill first it's tim the weakest link i get a lot of messages about you being mean to me and to be honest i don't i don't i don't agree 
Like I know, like we bicker and banter and you pick on me, but that's just, that's your way of saying, Tim, I love you and I respect you and I appreciate you. And, and thanks for being part of the show with me. That's, that's, that's how you say it. Says the abused wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he says he loves me. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, I'm skating oh, this weekend. Funny. I'm going to skate. This oh weekend. my goodness. Take a video. Can you? No, not with hockey. No, I wouldn't either, but well, I hope it goes well. Are you nervous? No, but what's funny is I'm I'm going to just do like a drop in this weekend and then I'm going to sign up for a league and leagues are so strict down here, like in Michigan and even in Boston, it's easy here. You've got to register with USA hockey. You've got to sign up. Even the drop ins, you have to sign up the night before and pay ahead of time. And to be part of a league, you have to like meet all these requirements. They're very strict about making sure players are with the right talent level and you can't just jump up and down. You can't play for multiple teams as, as a sub. Um, if you are a free agent like me, who's like, doesn't know anyone wants to join a team, they have tryouts and then they, they have like a, a live draft where they assign you to teams and leagues. It's, it's super intense. I don't, I don't know if I love that, but wow, that'll be in like three weeks. That's gotta be because of liability, right? If, if you get hurt, they could maybe sue the league or the, who knows? That's strange. I think it's also just because there's a lot of people down here, but not as many rings. So they have to add some structure to it, you know, but I would love to do that and then sign up and then show up and they'd be like, oh my gosh, that guy's good. First round draft pick. It really boosts my ego. I need it. I need it. Maybe I'll come down. I'm not coming down. All right. Anything else, Tim? I got to give a quick birthday shout out. It is Tom Brady's birthday today. So Tom, happy oh birthday. Love you, buddy. You're such a geek. Are you serious? Yeah. August 3rd, man. It's his birthday. Even the fact that he left New England and went and won a championship with somebody else. You still have loyalty to him. John, he won six championships for us. We won six. Bilicek won six. Together. Bilicek's, Bilicek. How many wins? Who's going to uh, win the AL East this year? The, the Blue Jays. Okay. Who are you going to say? Who are you going to say? AFC East. The AL East is baseball, Tim. AFC is what I meant. The Bills, you still owe me probably 15 breakfasts. Who you think the Patriots are going to win, honestly? You can sit no. there and look me in the eye. Who do you think is going to win? The Jets? Jets or Dolphins? Dolphins? Bills have won it two years in a row. You got to go We got to go through them. A lot of good guys. They got Ladavius White coming back. Von Miller is going to be full speed all season. They're going to be they're going to be very good. The running back is questionable. They got Stefan Diggs. They got a good receiving corp. They got Josh Allen, who needs to stop running as much, just fling the ball around. Drafted a good tight end. They got two good tight ends, Dawson Knox and this young kid. They got a good team. They're going to be good. But the AFC, AFC East is loaded. Patriots will be last. They'll be lucky to be 500. Right, Tim? No. Bounce back. Mac Jones? That guy's garbage. All right. That's enough. No one wants to hear about this. I'll talk to everybody next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 